Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. When will North Carolina finally comply with the 24-year-old state Supreme Court ruling in the Leandro case, which held that every child in the state has a constitutional right to receive a sound basic education? Earlier this year, Wake County Superior Court Judge David Lee gave his blessing to a plan developed by a national education research firm that charts a course for the state to follow in making this plan a reality. And now the big question is, will the General Assembly, which has a multi-billion dollar surplus at its disposal, appropriate the necessary funds to lift up our schools? Two advocates seeking to make that answer from the legislature an unequivocal yes are Letha Muhammad and Sarah Montgomery of the Every Child NC Coalition, Recently, I caught up with them to learn more about the Leandro mandate and what they and other advocates are doing now to make it a reality. Well, Letha Muhammad and Sarah Montgomery, welcome to News and Views. So good to have you with us. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yes. So y'all are leading this effort in our state now, the Every Child NC effort that revolves around the effort once and for all to finally get our state to adequately fund public education. There's a longstanding lawsuit, the Leandro lawsuit. Sarah, give us a little background, remind our listeners how we got to this point and where things stand at this moment. Sure. So as a refresher for folks that may or may not be all too familiar with the Leandro case, Leandro is really the vehicle by which we can enforce our children's education rights in North Carolina. It's part of a larger generation of civil rights lawsuits that states brought to ensure that once we've expanded access to more students be involved in our school systems and ensure that our school systems are inclusive and meeting the needs of more students. Now the focus was really on ensuring that the resources and the funding would be provided so that those students could succeed. So in North Carolina, the case was brought um, in 94 by five low wealth districts, by families represented in those districts. Um, The districts were Hoke, Halifax, Vance, Robeson, and Cumberland counties. And the state was found to not be in compliance of our own constitution to ensure every child um, equal opportunity to access educational opportunities. So the case was really important for North Carolina public school supporters and advocates. And we've seen nominal progress over the years where it's been kind of stalled, where the state's made some progress, but there's never been any doubt, any denial that the state is not complying, that the responsibility lies with the state, with the General Assembly and committing the funding to support um, North Carolina public education. And we're really at a crossroads opportunity right now with this particular moment in the case. I know we've got a plan that's been developed that we have a judge who's overseeing the case assertively, Judge David Lee. We have a plan that's been developed, uh, some called the long-term action plan. We had a research by an education group to uh, develop that plan. Letha, maybe you can outline some of the kinds of specific changes and progress that we would see if this plan were actually implemented. What are some of the, the needs that are out there right now? We know we need more funding, but What would it go towards? How would it improve public education in North Carolina if we actually got our act together and moved down this road that the Constitution demands? That's a great question, Rob. And I think it's always whenever we're talking about, you know, inequitable funding and the impact, I always like to zero in on the actual students and the student groups that would be positively impacted if the 
uh, consent plan was covered. Um, and so we're talking about students with disabilities. We're talking about students who experience racial discrimination in their schools, students in, in rural parts of the state that we always know, you know, historically in North Carolina, in different sectors of our, um, our lives suffer from lack of access. We're talking about families, our students of low income families. We're talking about English language learners and, and as well as our students who access early childhood education services. And so we're really talking about the most vulnerable children who suffer the most when inequities exist. If we are able to get our legislators to follow the consent order to do, you know, what they've been elected to do, uh, we would see, you know, remarkable outcomes, I think, on those student populations. When we think about investing more money in our, our public education system, that means simple things like ensuring that we have the adequate number of teachers, right? Just at the baseline level. We know, you know, we've been hearing through the news, the lack of uh, support services that are in place in this global pandemic with students going back to school. We're talking about bus drivers, you know, not being available to drive buses across the state. Part of that is based off of the lack of funding to really ensure that those folks make a wage that allows them to continue in those in those fields. And so if our state legislatures had the, the will, they actually have the moral obligation. I think if they had the political will to do what it is that they're supposed to do and what this, this consent decree is, is telling them that they need to do, we could invest in our schools in a way that really changes outcomes from all the, for all those student populations I just named earlier. We're talking with Letha Muhammad and Sarah Montgomery, who are helping to lead the Every Child NC Coalition. You could learn more about them at everychildnc.org, about the, the Leandro plan and the need for us finally to comply with the mandate in our state that every child be given the opportunity to receive a sound basic education in the public schools. So what's happening now is y'all are, as the court moves towards consideration of what to do next and that the legislature moves to consideration of what to do next. I think you're referring to it as the countdown to compliance. Sarah, can you tell us about some of the activities that are going on and what it is that you're striving to do in these days and weeks uh, surrounding the court's uh, rulings on Leandro and the legislature passing a state budget? Sure. And this really is what we organize around at Every Child NC. This is our primary focus. This is our reason for collaborating as parents, as educators, um, as students, as community members, as faith community leaders across the state. You know, full compliance, enacting the full Leandro plan, that is what we're here for. That's what we're going to continue to be advocating for. So we launched the Countdown to Compliance campaign earlier this summer, knowing that we were going to be getting some important court hearings coming up and uh, the September 8th hearing um, that Judge Lee, when he expressed this uh, new kind of sense of urgency and announced that the state would have until October 15th to fully fund the plan and that he called a hearing for October 18th. And at that September hearing, he said, the means for compliance are extraordinary in this case, meaning the governor's budget, has demonstrated that the state has the funding available. We've had a a legislative vehicle for some time to demonstrate that it's completely possible for the General Assembly to meet this obligation. There really are no more excuses. The state has an abundant surplus revenue right now of available funds that could be allocated to meet the obligations for the Leandro plan. 
Um, as Letha mentioned, we have a moral obligation. This is part of our state's constitution. The General Assembly is the body that is responsible for committing funding for public education. And it's overwhelmingly popular. Uh, the majority of voters in North Carolina want to see more investments for their local schools and for public education. So we have been organizing for uh, months around this goal. We've got a number of events coming up leading up to that October 18th hearing. We'll be at the General Assembly um, meeting with our legislator allies, along with multiple coalition leaders. We'll be rallying um, over the weekend, um, and then we'll be joined by our faith community leaders directly before the hearing as part of a silent vigil and a demonstration of um, the opportunity that's been lost with the state's inaction um, over the past few decades. Coming up next, part two of my conversation with Letha Muhammad and Sarah Montgomery. Don't go away. Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. In part one of my conversation with public education advocates Letha Muhammad and Sarah Montgomery of the Every Child NC Coalition, we got a refresher course on the state Supreme Court's 24-year-old Leandro ruling that guaranteed the right of every child in North Carolina to receive a sound basic education, and what such a guarantee might mean in practical terms when it comes to funding basic programs like smaller classes and services for kids with special needs. Part two of our conversation, Sarah Montgomery explained how the judge now overseeing the case might well be forced to follow the precedent from other states and compel state lawmakers to appropriate the necessary funds. And Letha Muhammad reminded us of why compliance is so long overdue and vitally important and hopefully just the first step toward guaranteeing all North Carolina children not just a sound basic education, but a truly world class education. I want to ask Letha to talk about sort of the specifics and the reality of life in our public schools. I know she's a mom. You're both moms who children have attended public schools in North Carolina. But before we get to that, I want to ask Sarah one last question about sort of the procedure and where things stand. So what you're telling me is that we have a judge out there who's saying the state has to comply with its constitutional demand that it provide every child with a sound basic education. The money is there to do it, to meet the plan. We have a combination of federal and state funds that make it possible. And we're sort of headed to a constitutional crisis, maybe, if the legislature doesn't abide by this. Is it is it your hope that the judge might actually order the General Assembly to do the right thing here, just as, I guess, uh, as it would enforce any other constitutional mandate? Might it be equal protection or uh, the First Amendment, any other constitutional right that we have in the state that in this case, Judge Lee would say, look, General Assembly, you've got to comply with this. And and if the General Assembly refuses, Judge Lee would tell them they've got to. It's been done in other states, right? It has. We've seen that in other states where similar lawsuits have led to holding the state, in our case, the General Assembly here in contempt of court and issuing uh, fines. I think as a parent, as advocates, you know, we hope that it would never come to that. We hope that our lawmakers understand that sacred oath, that obligation that they have, and that they value public education. Why wouldn't we, with the available funding, with the roadmap laid out before us with this Leandro plan, with the vast majority of the public supporting investments for public schools, it's really baffling and it's just deeply concerning for everyone who cares about their local schools, who has a child, who's had a child come through 
North Carolina public schools. This is a moment where we really need to recognize how incredibly damaging this is to our state and what a signal that would send not only to current students, but to the next generation of students who are depending on this funding to be there for them. You know, we, we have no idea how Judge Lee, you know, will proceed, but we are hopeful that the state lawmakers will come to their senses and commit to leading with Leandro. As we come to the end of our time, I do want to ask Letha Muhammad. Letha, you've spoken so powerfully on so many occasions about this issue and about sort of a vision of a better a better world when it comes to public education in North Carolina. I know you've seen both good and, and not so good aspects of our public education system as an advocate and a mom. Can you talk to us a little bit more as we conclude about sort of your vision of where this needs to go and what your hopes and dreams are for public education in our state if the state were to actually comply with the constitutional mandate? I'd love to. The first thing I always like to remind us of is that this case started out, like Sarah said, in 1994. So over 25 years, we haven't given the children of the state what our Constitution says they deserve, right, which is a sound basic education. And that's at the bare minimum of you know, thinking about what it is that you want for your children in terms of their education. No parent walks around and says, oh, I just want my child to get a sound basic. We don't want basic anything, right? And so the mere fact that we're over 25 years since this constitutional right has been fully funded should leave all of us, right? Whether you're a parent or not, if you're a North Carolinian, you should be up in arms about this. And so for me as a parent, and I have one more still in high school, he's in 10th grade, so we, we have two more years to matriculate through the system, right? I want our state legislators to do what it is that they took an oath of office to do, right? And that is to uphold the Constitution of North Carolina, to ensure that the least of us get what they deserve, what they need based off of our constitution in order for them to actualize their full potential. We're talking about students from low-income families. We're talking about students in rural parts of the state. We're talking about students with disabilities. Like we're not talking about giving people more than they deserve. We're talking about like a moral obligation to give what it is that we are supposed to give. And we have the money to do it. If we're not saying, oh, we got to borrow from this pot of money and this pot of money. No, we actually are sitting on lots of money in this state, right? And so I am just hoping that our legislators will do what they are supposed to do as elected officials in, in this state and think about all of the children in the state. Because even if we're talking about, you know, certain student populations or certain groups, if we ensure that those of us who don't have access to all that they would need to be successful, get access, it benefits all of us. If we give young people a sound basic education, right? We give them an even playing field. They can go out, go into college, join our workforce, become business owners. It only benefits North Carolina as a state and the communities in North Carolina as a whole. So it just boggles my mind as a mother, as a, a community organizer, as someone who cares about, you know, the least of us, that people who have been elected, who oftentimes run on these platforms that talk about their care for the public good or for their communities, aren't willing at this point to lean into doing what it is that they're supposed to do. So my hope is that our General Assembly 
will answer the call, will do what it is that they've been elected to do. And if they don't, right, I encourage all of us, anybody listening to this interview, to think about ways that they can access their elected officials and hold them accountable to fully funding Leandro. Thank you all very much. Maybe at some point after this, we can even provide a best in the country education, not just a sound basic education, but a truly excellent best in the world education. Maybe that can be our next goal. Thank you both so much for your advocacy in this world. Letha Muhammad is the executive director of the Education Justice Alliance. Sarah Montgomery is a senior policy advocate at the Education and Law Project of the North Carolina Justice Center, and they both work collaboratively at everychildnc.org. That's the Every Child NC Coalition. Learn more about their work at that website. Join them in this effort to uh, lift up our education system in North Carolina. Thank you all. We'll check in again uh, maybe later this year or early 2022 to hopefully discuss some good news in this important realm. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Rob, for having us. Well, that's it for this edition of News and Views. Remember, you can check us out online and subscribe for free to some of our state's best news coverage and political commentary at ncpolicywatch.com. You can also listen to all of our interviews and commentaries on Apple Podcasts. For producer Clayton Henkel, this is Rob Schofield. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to News and Views. A weekly look at state and policy issues is a production of North Carolina Policy Watch. Visit them online at ncpolicywatch.com.